0: So friends, 2024 is going to be the year of sales. This is when all of us, whether you're a service provider, a business owner, regardless of your industry, sales are going to be the focus and your sales software should not hold you back. If you're with me on the focus on sales this year, then I want you to look at HubSpot's sales hub. This is going to be your CRM that's going to equip you to do your very best work, just like you're sitting in the pilot seat with easy to use and powerful controls. That's the entire magic of HubSpot Sales Hub. This new Sales Hub is designed to help you win quarter over quarter. It's got an intuitive prospecting workspace and AI powered tools that are going to reduce your workload. Managing leads is a lot less like manual labor, and we are all about optimization. That's what you're going to get with HubSpot. If you're with me to close more deals in 2024, then let's get on track. Let's get a head start in Q1. Learn about HubSpot Sales Hub at HubSpot.com slash sales. This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Ops Authority podcast. You guys probably know this, but we are heading into, or we're gearing up for another launch of a cohort of our Director of Operations Certification Program. When it's that time of year, we love to bring on our students who have come through our certification and just feature them and have an honest, organic conversation with them so that you, if you're someone who's looking or interested in Joining us in the certification, you just get to hear from someone else who has gone right before you. What happens is you tend to find something very similar about your path or the questions that you have running around in your head right now. Those can be answered by our amazing guests and friends who are willing to come back and have an audio conversation. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And today we're going to be talking about Martina Douglas's journey as an operator. And for all of us, I was going to say some of us, but really all of us, I believe that we are an operator much younger in life than we ever think about. I know for myself, I reflect back on that eight-year-old Natalie, who I just wouldn't function without a to-do list. It was one of my became a routine. And nobody showed this to me, I was just naturally wanting to feel organized when I woke up the next morning. So I would make a little list of things I wanted to do. And sometimes they were silly, like brushing my teeth or washing my hair or something like that. But it made it on the list. And it gave me a lot of structure. So something as simple as that organizational skill that I used at the age of eight, it's never left me. And so I like to reflect on how we as an operator start using those skills and those skills end up developing us and developing our careers as we go forward. And we really would never have put the, I know I personally would never have used the word operator in my twenties, even in my thirties, the roles that I was doing and performing just didn't use those terms. And so it's a fairly new word for me, but I have loved cultivating this world of operations and you know, training operators and mentoring operators. And as a result, we get to chat with the amazing Martina today, who came through our program. And one thing that really called me to have this conversation here is that she has been able to leverage the certification program in lots of different ways. And I I think that you're going to learn a lot by her honest, you know, reflection on how the program changed her, changed her career, even her life, and then also the highs of her career and how she can attach the windiness, which all of us have and should not have any shame about because I've got a whole lot too, but you know, just the different opportunities and adventures that she's been able to be on as a result of being an operator. So let me give you a little background on Martina, and then we're going to dive into this conversation today. So Martina Douglas, she built her career within healthcare digital marketing agencies. I love that she specialized in that, but she's focused on strategy, client service and tactical implementation. Her passion for big idea solutions backed by automation and relationship building led her to us, the ops authority as a mom to three young boys who were four years old and one year old twins. Oh my goodness. At the time that she came through the certification. Martina and her husband, Patrick, decided in January of 2022 that they wanted to open and build a CrossFit gym. Martina was ready for a career shift that would create more opportunities to focus on operations and also reduce work travel. After completing the certification, Martina found a local e-commerce agency, was hired as a director of operations for client services, and she also, heroically, I believe, because it's big to do this, but she and her husband have opened up that CrossFit gym. In October of 2022, it's very important to Martina and her husband, Patrick, to create a significant impact within their local community through health and wellness. And I think the CrossFit gym is a great way to do that. In the next couple of years, she hopes to expand her growth into helping other small business owners succeed with thoughtful support and project management, fiscal management, as well as automation. So that's a little bit of a background. You can see a little bit of her history, but ultimately I'm just really excited to have you here today, Martina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is super exciting. I love this podcast and it's
1: so exciting to be here today. Honestly, after having listened to it for so long.
0: Yeah, fabulous. You mentioned before we started recording that this is actually how you found out about the Ops Authority. So that's, that's really right. cool. It was kind of random and it felt
1: like you were speaking directly to me. I remember when I was listening to episodes, I'm like, that's me. That's me.
0: That's me. So it was, yeah. it was great. Yep. Full circle. Actually, this is, this is a good question. Would you have used the title operator when you started listening to the podcast? Or is that something that you grew into?
1: I honestly don't think I even understood that what I was desiring was operations at all. And I had been searching for a specific, I don't even remember what this search was, but we were talking about like, you look for different podcast episodes based on what you're thinking about what you're doing. And for some reason, yours had popped up. And then I was listening. I was like, wait. And then more and more and more. I'm like, wait, this operations thing is not this like boring admin element. There's a whole world. And it was all the things I
0: actually really enjoyed doing. So yeah, Yeah. it was interesting. I was just coaching someone yesterday and they were saying something about, they were looking for job opportunities and they were trying to figure out like, how on LinkedIn do I find, you know, an operations job? My response was, You kind of have to get creative because not everybody really uses this terminology today. And so it could be called a lot of different things. And so expand, you know, don't be stuck in operations, because that's a great example of how we get really like attuned. Now it's so easy for me to just look for directors of operations, etc. But that is not even a term, Martina, that I personally used even seven years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, I called myself a project manager. I flirted with a business manager, like flirted using the term, not physically flirted (laughs) with a business manager, but that's a different story. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, and then I was was thinking back to like my corporate career and what, you know, the titles that we called people inside of there, it was really wild. So anyway, we can't get pigeonholed, but I was, I was just curious when you came here, did you put in operations or was it more of like, you know, maybe it's hiring or who knows, you know, any of the five disciplines that we talk about. That's good to know. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I wish I had remembered, but honestly, my mind was a little blurred. I was sleep deprived a little bit at the time, as you can imagine with the kids, but, and the desire to open a new business. But I just, I don't know. It was, I was like, that's what I want to do. And I think, I was also spent a few episodes, I remember listening to how to communicate with your employer to pitch it to them. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, and I would like jot down, okay, that's what I'm going to write. That's how I'm going to do it. So anyways, it just kind of snowballed. And then I was like, oh, I love operations. But it was a it was a 180.
0: Yes, for sure. Sometimes I feel like I am educating people on what operations is and what it includes. And other times I'm trying to like course correct what people think operations are because I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's not that. Or, you know, there's several layers here. And so anyway.
1: Yeah, I think there's a sense of it's kind of like this uptight person who everything has to be perfect and you're really just caring about pure logistics. And it's like so much broader than that. And it's interesting, you mentioned the point about like titles and such. One of the pieces that I ended up contributing into my current agency and also as an owner of a gym is like, you have to be thinking about not just what you want to call it, but what are people searching for? You may have to play around with different names. So I definitely think there's, and now we have chat GPT. So you could just use some of that to maybe find ways to figure out what you're looking for. But I think fundamentally I always say, you know, what are the things that you value? What are the things that are important to you to have within the role? And then seeking those things out and figuring out whether or not that that title is the thing. I mean, titles feel to me are very meaningless, but that's easier said than done. But I do feel
0: that way in some way. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. You know, one of the things I love to do is go into LinkedIn. I mean, I have a query that comes into my inbox where anytime they post a director of operations role, I go there. And so sometimes I'm looking for our community to be able to share. And then other times, actually all the time, I love (laughs) to read these job descriptions to just see like, what does this company, how would they describe operations? And I'll say like, ooh, that is is really outside of what I teach. Like, I would never want to include that inside of here. And then other times I get really good ideas of like the language and the way they articulate a certain, in your bio, you said fiscal management, right? So like yeah, yeah. how to grow the business financially responsibly. And so I'll see like different, I'm thinking of one in my, in my mind right now that recently came out and the way they described like financial management was like, it was done so well. I was like, that just feels oh, so tangible, okay. you know? And so I think yeah. you can get a lot of ideas by reading those job descriptions too. So. Totally fair. And I remember one of the sections
1: within the course that I loved was talking a little bit about scope creep. And I think as a operations person, you can get the kitchen sink thrown at you. You have to be really mindful about what your lane is and making sure that you have boundaries. And otherwise, if you're trying to do all the things, you're going to not do anything, right? Very well. So, and then also in the, in the pathway of setting the stage for employees, because obviously I have employees at the gym and within my role, I manage individuals being really clear about expectations. So I think it's interesting to see sometimes in those job descriptions, if they're like super broad in general, I feel like there's like a red flag. Uh (laughs)
0: Like uh, You would have just make sure you ask a lot of questions (laughs) before you check uh, the size of the team, right? Like if someone's expecting to come in as a director of operations, I'm like, You can't really be a director of operations and have no one else there to support you. So that's a misuse of the title, but a lot of business owners just don't know and they're doing their best too. And so just getting lots of information is definitely a good point here. So yeah, let's reflect back on that little girl or young Martina. I love to do this because in the spirit of talking about how operations can be very vague and, and not known, the term itself would not be known. I like to look back and see what are the skills or ask you now that we have the professional experience that we have. When we look in reverse, you know, what were those skills that you had as a young girl that came up that you just took for granted? You're like, that's just how Martina is, or that's how she thinks, but other people would validate you. And then now you see those skills coming back up. What do you have any of those top of mind? Yeah. I mean, I would say sort of thinking
1: back that. The couple things come to mind. So one of them is that I am not a shy person. I am pretty confident. My mom said that she would, I think it was like the first day of school and she came onto the classroom or like on the playground and she's like, you were in the middle and there was a big circle of people and you were doing some sort of entertaining. So like personal relationships have always been important to me. And I think also I always asked a lot of questions. I wanted to understand why and like, how do those things connect? I think that I... Tend to favor logic, and to the point where it could be frustrating if if we're doing things and they're not necessarily based on any sort of specific context or rationale that makes sense, right? So I think that's translated very well from a business perspective to question questioning the why is something that I really try to focus on with team members. I try to mentor, and and that's something I always elaborate on: is nobody's going to be annoyed with the fact that you're really pressurizing what we're doing because it always ends up being a better outcome. If you don't do that, you're probably going to go down the wrong path. So, I'm like I, you know, I I don't know. And if and if you're working with a client or you're working with team members who are like, "Oh, it's so annoying that you're always asking me questions to better my business," then probably isn't a good match. Like that's reality, right? <laughs> Noted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
1: That's part of it. I mean, I'm really ambitious and I I'm really driven and I think I my whole life I was I thought I was horrible at math. I remember that being a big thing. It's just not good at math. I ended up, we lived in California and in the middle of high school, we had to move to Ohio. And I think that that also like shaped some of my thinking because I, I don't know, state by state, totally different education systems, if you're familiar. But as part of that, it set me back. And I remember thinking that I was like stupid or just didn't really understand stuff. And the funny thing is, is that now, once I understood the math related to data, which relates to a narrative where you could actually communicate that data and that there's a bigger picture and connectivity. I like love it. It's like so exciting. I think that was my favorite part of participating in the Ops Authority certification is the, I love all the KPI and the metrics. And I think I watched the video with expert around accounting principles and understanding the PL and also like four or five times. I just like that. I was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. And I think it helped me a lot with my own business. I think once you create an emotional attachment as to like why it's relevant, which plays into the logic side, that has such a huge benefit. And I think the one thing I'm proud of is that I didn't let that feeling of I'm bad at math label to myself mm-hmm. continue on and that I
0: completely went the opposite attraction and now have to use math all the time. So, right. Yeah. You know, I was never, I mean, just from a student perspective, like I was not a brainiac. I worked really, really hard and I was definitely like an AB student and was very, I mean, I I was a high achiever, so I was never happy with that, but that was my capacity. And same, I would say, I mean, you know, the the saying like, see students rule the world or whatever. (laughs) I wasn't a C student, but I understand where they're trying to go with that. It's not, you know, you match ambition along with these other skills and then really seeing that. And it's hard to do. I mean, I'm raising young kids right now and this is hard, yeah, especially our girls, it is. but it is, it's very difficult. And I hope that I can do this because we both you and I, as you're telling your story, I'm, I'm replaying mine in my own head. And I was certainly not good <laughs> in math, but I was stronger in, you know, in sciences and stuff like that. But I never let that. I I think because of the drive and because of the ambition, I I wasn't necessarily always trying to pursue math because I didn't really, I just kind of wanted to avoid it. I didn't want to win at it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But because of that drive, when it came time to use it in, you know, I ended up getting a business degree and a nursing degree, which is a whole other episode for you, but you really do use math all the time. And What I like to focus on in the certification is that you don't really have to be, especially as we're talking about the financial module that we have, you know, it's not really about the math. It's about being able to interpret the math. It's being able to use those higher level deduction of reasoning skills that a lot of us who are curious, who ask a lot of questions, who are logic based, you know, that's what fuels us to come up and to really be able to flex our strategic minds. Which right. I don't think either you, myself, or any of the other 400 plus students who have come through would have called ourselves strategic or even having that mm-hmm. foresight when we were young like that. But I love hearing about the skills that we see for ourselves and how, you know, the way that they show up and the fact that, I mean, call out to all the moms that are listening right now. like <laughs> we're We have kids who have great, great, amazing skills that you're able to see them cultivating. And the ones that just come naturally and like, this is a reminder to brag on those for those kids and to let them know, because one day they're going to be like us, right? They're going to be 30 and 40 and almost 50 years old looking back and saying, wow, I made that list every single day that was on my nightstand and that drove my next day. Well, look at me as a 48 year old woman. I'm still doing the same thing, you know? Right. <laughs> so, right. right. Totally.
1: Totally. I, yeah, and I think the way we talk to our kids too has been shaped by those experiences because of the fact that we saw the other side of it. So yeah. And just, you know, we're in the process of teaching our kindergartner, he's five, how to read, you know, and you could just see the frustration, like so many highs. It's such an emotional journey when you're in the early stage of reading. But we talk a lot about what this means and like trying to connect the dots that you're now going to get to be involved in these stories and like they're gonna take you places that you never thought of, and your imagination. And like, I don't know. He's just even when he's in that frustrated moment, finding those times to like communicate. And sometimes I wish that there was a teacher that had pulled me aside and kind of talked a little bit more about the business side. But yeah. even now, it's funny because I, in, at the gym, we there's math all the time. Like we have to do math all the time, and so I have practiced not, you know, don't use a calculator. Try to just do stuff in my head. And it's only through repetition and consistent, deliberate practice that I get better at those things. Right. So I am by no means amazing at like calculating, you know, massive numerical values, but I am significantly better. And I think it's just there's no one should be limiting you like you choose your own limitations.
0: I love that the HubSpot Podcast Network has brought more and more shows to my attention. One of those that i want to share with you today is the Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture, which is also hosted by the HubSpot Podcast Network. This is a husband and wife team, Al and Leanne Elliott, and they are genius with bringing both theory and practice to help business owners simplify consumer psychology. So yes, There's some science here, but there's a lot of practical information that our high-level operators just like you are really going to enjoy. One episode that I just dove into and listened to, I actually took notes on this, was the human-centric approach to business growth. That's an episode back from August, and it was really, really good. It's all about designing businesses around people rather than the work. As ops leaders, leading teams and people, We know how important it is for work to be meaningful and rewarding, and I loved their thoughts on a human-centric approach. So if you like this kind of content like I do, then you should listen to Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for all of that. I hope as you, the listener who's, who's tuning in today, that you just take a second right now and think about the skills that we've been able to call on. And what are yours? Ask yourself, like, what are the skills that I had when I was eight, 10, 15, 20? Another one of those skills that I had that I don't even know if it's a skill. It's just a thing that just kept happening is like any club that I would, you know, be a part of. I was never okay just being a part of the club. I wanted to be in charge of the club. I wanted to make changes to the club. Even if I was a part of it, I wanted to, you know, I would spot the gaps and I would say like, hey, let's fix this. And so those are things that have completely, that are with me every single day. And so I hope that as you're listening today, you can look and see where those are because maybe you're not utilizing those skills today. Maybe those strengths that you had as a child have dissipated because you went into a different kind of field, or maybe you're not using them because you've become specialized in something else. I just think it's a really good reflection, especially since we're near the beginning of the year, which is a very reflective time, just to look back and kind of tune back into that. A lot of those skills that we were given are innate, they're innate in us. And so pulling them out and using them again doesn't take a whole lot of energy or expertise or even training, right? you natively have those inside of you. So I know that when I was on the search to find my best work and the next best version of me, that's where I went. I did a lot of work, therapy, coaching, et cetera, to go back into that. Who is Natalie? At the root of Natalie, what are the skills she has? I wanted to feel good with whatever I was going to do. I wanted to feel good and confident. And when we go back to those skills that we natively have, it's a whole lot faster and easier to believe yourself. So
1: yeah, agreed.
0: Yeah. So walk us on your journey, or at least a high level journey that you have been on from your professional career. And the reason I want to do that is just kind of see where you have been and then where the certification has come into play and, and where you're at today. Yeah. So I actually focus, I was always interested in marketing on some degree,
1: but I'm not really sure like what it was specifically. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. I did marketing it. I went to Lehigh University and got my business degree. And then following that, I knew I wanted to work at an ad agency, but like just because it seemed creative, I, I actually had zero idea what that really meant, what working at an agency really was, but just thought, okay, this is the area I'm gonna go into. And I knew that eventually I wanted to get in healthcare. I had lost my father when I was young. I was around 10. And I always like health has always been like a really big focus. I mean, thus the gym, as you know. So getting into a niche like healthcare, digital marketing is, it's funny, like you have to have experience to get into it. So it's one of those like, okay, well, how do I get the experience if I've never done it before type of things that we're always, everybody who comes out of college is basically facing, which is so annoying. But anyway, so I I kind of lucked out. I had done a couple internships through Johnson & Johnson and was able to get my foot in the door at a local agency. I think it was in Philadelphia at the time. And that kind of helped propel me into the digital marketing world. I kind of played around with on the client services side. I also did some project management and I loved both of them, but that wasn't a role. Like that doesn't exist in the world of, well, healthcare agencies specifically, it's project management and then it's your client services team. And then sometimes they even have a whole strategic wing, you know, and it's not a combined state. And I do so poorly with having it be so defined. That's not something that I really enjoyed, but I was able to, through time, tenure, and just doing well within the workplace, be able to kind of tap into all those various pieces and figure out the things I liked and didn't like. And so ultimately, I've been doing healthcare marketing for several years. I ended up being able to go overseas to London and work overseas when I was I turned 30 and opened an agency. So I opened a digital agency over there It was kind of like the start of healthcare agencies trying to branch out into the global. And so, yeah, so I was helping out with initiating that. It's a very different culturally different work environment and but like such a great experience, like an amazing experience. So I did that for a year and then moved back over to New York and stayed with the same agency and worked with like one of their new incubators. Throughout that time, I, again, I was specializing in very niche healthcare. I loved rare disease, really getting into the science of it. I got to manage budgets, like very, very large budgets. I got to work in a wide range of different tactical pieces from like media to TV to all sorts of, you know, doing commercials and such. But my main focus is that I just loved creating a connection with the patients, especially in rare disease. We were creating content and educational pieces for them helping to bridge the gap between how healthcare professionals and consumers communicate with each other because that's its own language and their translation can be something that's effective for patients to better understand their disease statements and and treatment. But I was traveling a lot, a lot, a lot at the time. So I met my husband at a CrossFit gym because it's very cliche. And then we moved down to North Carolina because I wanted to start a family. And I was still traveling quite a bit. So it was like one of those things where I was probably on the road at least every week or two weeks, and Mm. which is exhausting over time. And knowing that I was going to be away from my my one son at the time was just really, really hard on me. And I started to think about like, what else? What are we doing? And I think knowing that I'd moved down here with the idea of creating a connection to our community, knowing that I like all these sort of things and feeling a little lost, to be perfectly honest, doing so well at work, but not feeling like I was being effective was such a weird mm-hmm. feeling. Anyway, so kind of fast forward to that point, we said, look, we're going to open a gym because we're insane. And that's what we're going to do. Because that's what <laughs> insane people do when you have a small kid. And we had our twins. We So we had a three-year-old and then we had our twins. And I think they were one yeah. when we made the call, like, we're going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. They were good sleepers. So that's part of it. But Yeah, and then I had heard the podcast. I was getting really into podcasts. I was behind the curve, to be honest with you. I was still listening to music and I was like, I'm missing out on this whole world of podcast life. (laughs) So I think just hearing, it was like one of those things where you're like, I do believe in that whole destiny thing. Like you're there, you're searching, you connect and listening to all the things that I was good at, hearing them through your words and your interviews and like the subject matter made me realize that that might be the thing that I need to do. But I'm like, I don't even know how I what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. So I went to my to my company. I was like, look, like I've been here for several years. I am doing great work, but like I need more. I need to see where this is going. We were expanding and they said, sure, we'll sponsor you. And which was great. I mean, I had put together a little pitch, like I said, based on your teachings just to let them know, like, this is what it is. This is how it works, which is great. And they didn't even balk out that, which was really amazing. And I said, look, I'm going to take some time. I'll try to do this on nights and weekends, not take up too much work because I was still traveling, obviously. But I acknowledged that I was so excited when I got the email that I was in because you take those tests in the beginning just to evaluate, like, are you a good fit? And I think that was like, I've had a few emails that were like, I asked this question in an icebreaker meeting recently. What was the best email you ever got? Because it was an oh, email client. Yes. it was fun to talk about that. And I was like, "This is that. Def- like, this is up there." It was like New York Marathon. This oh. one going to London. You know, there's like those amazing emails. So that's this was also- definitely one of them. Yeah. yeah, so exciting. So I was elated, and I'm like, "Okay, now I'm going to have to do extra work." But it felt like it was going to lead me down to a better understanding of self, and I that's what I needed in that moment. And I really believe in mentorship. I believe that. You need something sometimes to keep you accountable to challenge your status quo. Mm -hmm. And so having gone through the program, having my own coach, like being able to sit in the sessions, being able to do the work on my own time, I realized that it wasn't just going to propel me into figuring out what I wanted to do, but it also opened the door for me to do a better job at opening this gym. Like it was connected. I was like, I learned this thing and then would like immediately apply it because it was like happening in real time. And at that point, I was like, I don't want to travel anymore. I don't. We're doing this gym. There was an opportunity for maybe, well, there was an opportunity for me to go overseas and help with the opening of another agency. I was like, this is not where I'm at in my life. I needed to find a local agency. And there just happened to be a position, director of operations for client services, which I wasn't even sure what the heck that meant. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I do those things and now I'm certified. Mm-hmm. So when I went to do my interview, I said, look, I just got certified and these are all the things I learned. And they were actually very impressed that like, I didn't even know there this exists and that you can do that. And I was like, well, that just shows you my level of commitment because yeah. I really want to do this. Way to use it and showcase <laughs> it too. I mean, if you're going to put the time in, I feel like right. that's the <laughs> only way to go, right? I mean, I, would, I did it. I said, I wasn't always like the best student. Like I would, ha- sometimes I would be able to keep up during that week. And then sometimes... I would get a little behind, but like the the team, your team was really good about being like, "Okay, like just trying to make sure that I was staying accountable, and you know I did complete it. It wasn't so much that it's just with you know like three kids, a gym, like full time job, figuring out what I wanna do. you know, I graduated, opened the gym, and started a new job all within like three weeks of each other, so it was a lot at the same time, but i'm you know I'm a believer like if you want something, you gotta go for it,
0: yeah. So the the thing that I pulled out of that, Martina, is like the search for self, right? Yes, yes. So we have a lot of people who come into the certification and that I've worked with that are looking for a change. They're coming here looking for their next version of themselves, which is something I'm really passionate about. And then we have a lot of people who are on a path and then by continuing to look deeper into themselves, which is what's gonna happen when you're surrounding yourself With other high achievers, putting yourself in coaching situations. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of self development from my viewpoint. And, you know, when you're in that environment, you're challenging yourself constantly. And when you put yourself there, coupled with the, you know, the benefits of other perspectives and growth, you know, other opportunities may be presented to you as well, whether you initiate them or whether they just come to you, but totally. I like to focus on, I, that's exactly why I wanted to talk with you today is one certification has been used, you know, multiple different yeah. ways, yeah. whether it's building your own business, which needs a lot of operations, especially in that, well, arguably all the time, but definitely <laughs> yeah. in that startup phase. Does, those. Does. And then, you know, with, you know, two different agencies, and I, I wanted to be honest and transparent that that is really common when you're working with people. That are self motivated, that are curious, that are searching for their next best self, and really to go deep into that because evolution has to happen. Otherwise, we stay stagnant, right?
1: Totally agree. I think the other thing is, I got to meet some really amazing women. And when we would practice like the strategic mapping exercise, which I really loved, that really helped create a framework. I ended up doing some consulting on the side and helping some small business in the interim, which was like a while. I was like, Too much, too much, but I loved that. Mm -hmm. And just practicing with some of the others who were in my cohort were like, there's some amazing women. Like it was impressive. It was like inspiring. And I'm very confident, but it's, you know, in a moment you're like, oh, am I, you know, I need to like brush up here and there, but it wasn't, it wasn't competitive. It was like super helpful. Like everyone's just like wants to support you and everybody wins. I really feel that that was one of the most, the best aspects of it was that level of camaraderie that was coming through with everybody,
0: yeah, everyone has such a different way that we have used operations. Some of us are experienced specific operators. other of us are are generalist, and I think when you get everybody together, you know you might be like, "Oh, I don't do that. Should I do that? And then other times you're like, <laughs> "Wow, this person is just, you know, has been in the, in the game a lot longer than me. Maybe yeah. it's age or maybe it's opportunity that they've had in, in their particular roles. But yeah, I mean, Martina, I get people in here where I'm looking at their application and I'm like, I'm going to need to talk to them because I feel like I could learn from them. So yeah, yeah. And so
1: many people that have gone through the certification have like started their own businesses. It's like, so, I mean, they're so impressive. The, uh, I was just watching, uh, rewatching the Nimble Co. I think Jennifer and I think she's now dateable dateably. Uh, I don't know. I mean that whole yeah. thing, that business model is so impressive. I don't know, stuff like that you're just like it's sometimes you just need a little push and then you're like, "Oh, okay, I can do this." Yeah, yeah it's like a credibility thing. Just going through that helps you feel more like you're credible, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's so many ideas when you're yeah, totally you're in a group like that, you get to see, you just get a peek behind what other people are doing and things that you've never thought about. You're now like, oh, maybe I it's just like selling strategic mapping. You never right. anticipated that, but you're like, well, I've got some business owners around me who are curious about that, so yeah. I've got a solution. Let's see how it works. Yeah, I think that's the thing that
1: is was also a little bit surprising is, is that at having now I'm working it within e- e-commerce. So I work with a lot of businesses of all various sizes, and you forget that they started the business but that makes them an expert at that thing that does not make them an expert at all the things you're really good at you know so i i think that's been a great learning for me is just to have some sense of confidence that they are really really good at that and so you might be impressed by that but there's so much that they could benefit by having you partner with them yep agreed what does your role look like today so i've kind of shifted and now i'm the director of client solutions which that just happened recently because i was leaning in pretty heavily with strategic support. I run like a digital advisory team, which is basically us really leaning in on strategy for the team. I also being away from client, like I was doing a lot more stuff behind the scenes and helping to create foundational support for the teams as opposed to directly with the clients. But then I would get in a room with a client. I was like, oh, this is feels so good.
0: (laughs) Just (laughs) is like a
1: very natural habitat for me. So I've been leaning in a lot more. So my my boss, who's a wonderful woman, she is so supportive. She's so strong. She's like a natural born leader. Just I was like, look, like I want to do this more. And she basically created this pathway for me so that the agency does better and I do better, right? Like the combination of both. So that is what I'm doing within my current role. And I really love it. I get to work with different all different clients in all different industries I've had to do, I didn't really know much about e-com. I know a lot about e-com a year in because there's a lot of really talented people at the agency and it's local. So I go to the office. It's just nice to like connect with people. It's hybrid. So we go in a little bit. I'm at the gym, you know, it's, we're a year and a half in. And so we've been building, just now we're thinking about growth. We have the most amazing community. Our gym is CrossFit Youngsville. It's a small growing community that is just made up of people who are, just genuinely supportive. That's the best hour of their day. And so, but my role is like HR, bookkeeper, you know, CEO, literally anything, Re- restocker, mm-hmm. like, decision, you know, vendor selection, I, all sorts of things. But I think that those two things have been really important. But obviously, as a mom, like, that's my inherently super important. And I think having the mindset of structure and being organized and having clarity about what I'm doing and how these things work together with in partnership with my husband, who has to be extremely supportive to manage those pieces too. My kids have been, I think a lot of times you think you're gonna have kids and you're gonna suddenly not do anything. And I have to say that has been a complete opposite for me. And now that I'm around other mothers, I think that that's just a complete mislabel of what actually (laughs) happens. You are infinitely more capable all of a sudden I'm like, I do all the things. And I remember being like, I have to have eight hours of sleep every night. I'm like, that is not true. I do great. I, you know, eat healthy workout, but I'm they inspire me, they push. And I think the important thing is, I just wonder, like, you know, the sliding doors moving, like Mm -hmm. what would have happened if I didn't do it? I really wonder, I don't think I would have taken that job. I think I would have been struggling a little bit with some of the things that we did within the gym. So it was a
0: big pivot point for me. Yeah. For sure. So the certification. Were there parts of the certification that you preferred or or liked or that really stuck out to you?
1: Yeah, I think the financial and the KPI pieces. I love the organization of the strategic map. I just the thinking about that helped me to frame up the fact that we need to ask more questions and how to ask them. Something I don't think I'm particularly good at is that while I'm I love to speak and I do a lot of it. Sometimes communicating exactly what I need to communicate on a specific subject doesn't come out exactly how I would like. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that was really helpful is listening to other people who also do that, communicate that. So I'm like, oh, I will use that. Mm -hmm. It happens a lot with coaching. Sometimes you'll be teaching somebody something and you just need to use one type of analogy or a metaphor or a word. And they like, I got it. And I think that that has helped me. If I get it, I was like, I'm going to now have something to leverage to help support the people I'm working with.
0: Yeah. So overall impact of the certification, I know you had kind of mentioned that it helped to to navigate you when you know you were really rooting in on that self piece. Yeah. 100%. So I mean, I'm so grateful that you trusted us to come into the certification and that it did what it was supposed to do for you, which is to help you become your next best self. And you too. It's an honor to be, you know, what round were you in? Do you remember? I think it was 18. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I mean, what it was. Yeah. I felt like 17 or 18. So yeah,
1: yeah it's yeah. been
0: a little bit. And well, there was one point I was supposed to be in 17.
1: And then I was in, I don't remember. But anyways, I think it was, I'm almost positive it was 18. So yeah, it's like the numbers get very muddy with the, with the years. Back, but
0: yes. yes. Back to those silly numbers. <laughs> like, I know we, we talk internally, like we feel like everybody fits into a number. But ah, when we yeah. ask, like, later on, we're like, oh, what, what round were you in? People are like, I don't really I know. know. And you were doing started... it the whole time, which is wild. I'm like, that's what we talked about the whole time. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But it's one of those things, like, we don't hold on to the information sure. that that's necessary. It's not imperative to what you're doing. Sure. It's only imperative to what we're doing. So <laughs> yeah, while, while we can give you a number, it's, it's not always the same on the other side. But it's true. I was pulling that out because we're now going into the 23rd cohort. Each cohort lasts about six months. And so, you know, there's a lot of life that we go through over these six months. And then there's been a a little bit of time since you have been through here. And so I wanted to pull in somebody, you know, who was a part of our program and continues to leverage what the certification has brought you. And so thank you for taking the time and coming on today and and sharing your story and inspiring all of us because we really, you know, I think as long as we continue to dig in and to look for, pursue the person that you want to be, along with the skills that you natively have, I think we will all be very, very surprised with the result on the other side. And then not being stuck to who you are today is who you will always be. I think you're a right. great testament to, you know, there are things I want to take with me and there are things that I'm happy to part with as I continue to evolve. And, you know, that sense of community, you, you talked about the community and and how important it is from your CrossFit perspective. But then also, yeah. you really enjoy this, the other role that you're playing as a director of operations to go into the office and build that community, you know?
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. It, the culture setting is very important.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and to do something that did not include that would not be your best expression. So, no, I totally agree. Totally agree.
1: And I think the level setting with, You know, I I like the idea of thinking about like, what are your values and then trying to seek out specific things that are actually aligned to that. That took me a really long time to figure out, I think. Mm -hmm. And I wish if I could go back, I probably would have done a little bit more in that area. But I just hadn't even learned what those words or what, what the approach looks like. So and even now, I would say I really appreciate the fact that I get to be part of the alumni Facebook group because I still always look and see. When Mm -hmm. someone posts, I always go and check and see what the responses are, if it's something relevant to me. And the evergreen content through the portal, it's just nice to go in. Like if something comes up, I will still go in and be like, where did I find that thing? Or, you know, I I don't know. It's just nice that I have access. It's all very relevant, you know? So
0: it's good. Thank you for pointing that out. That's something that was important to me because there are other, you know, learning, you know, classes, platforms, certifications, competitors or not that that even I've been a part of that you lose access after a certain yeah. date and you know that's certainly one business model but for us it's like well I want to build a a real movement around the skills that we natively have and how we can use them and the variety right. of ways that we can use them and so if I cut you off, then I don't know if that's really helping building the whole community. Yeah, piece, so.
1: yeah, it's a very static. Manner. You just have, hopefully you remember it all. <laughs>
0: yeah. and I mean we're going through a lot of material together over this yes. six months, and yes. we ask that you apply it, and we do that through our case studies, which everyone does, but you may not be like really applying. Maybe financials is not mm-hmm. a part of your current role. So you go through the material, you learn it, but you're not practicing it on a regular basis. And then later on, you get another role where financials is a part of your role. And you're like, I can do that. Because I have the materials. This just came up the other day, I was like, we were talking about KPIs with one of our former students. And I was like, have you gone back into the material? Because I think you would be you'd feel so much better just seeing an example. And we have an example in there. I'm like, go right to this page. And she was like, I needed to do that. Why didn't I do that before I reached out? <laughs> that's so funny. I mean,
1: yeah, that's why I was saying I'm like the It's in my like folder bookmark always on my label. So I'm like, if something comes up, it's just, I don't know, it's like reading a, a favorite book, to, you know, just going back through. And I, I remember thinking when it was the six-month tenure, the time domain, I'm like, that is infinitely long, but it went by so fast. And I, I think it went at the, if you tried to make it shorter, it would have been so overwhelming. And then, Longer, you know, wouldn't necessarily have made sense, but because of the way that it's chapterized and kind of categorized, so I, I thought it was, but I remember thinking that at first, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we
0: tried month? six months does sound like a long time, <laughs> it however, does, but it wasn't for the people that we work with with our stage of life. I mean, yeah. think about you with three kids yeah. under four at the time; like it, it goes by no. pretty darn quick. But yes, we did a long time ago. I think rounds one, two, and three, so significant, like many years ago. I did this in 12 weeks or 14 weeks. It mm. was awful. Honestly, <laughs> no to those like 30, 40 people who came through, 50 <laughs> people who came through with us. That's funny. It was a different day and age. And, you know, the curriculum is is very similar. It's certainly much more polished today than it was back then. But my goodness, it was too much. These people, I was like making their life, you know, H-Double <laughs> Hockey Sticks. Um, I mean, that's not what this is supposed to be. So we <laughs> reprogrammed and extended. Yes. It. And it's way better for everybody. You have time to actually implement, you know, to learn, to implement, to integrate it into your career. And yeah, yeah. No, it's very true. I think, and
1: I think that's also like a really good tip is, Whatever you learn, if especially, I mean, not that every single thing's applicable, but like, is there a way for you to immediately put it into practice? Because that's something I we talk about a lot at the agency. You know, you need to like, there's a training element, but there's also an activation element to like help make sure there's a cognitive piece. So, you know, yeah. the memory only comes from work.
0: But Anytime yeah. anyone kind of pushes back on the case studies or whatever, I'm like, okay, have you ever taken a foreign language? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I took like five years of Spanish. And Martina, I couldn't tell you many things. I certainly could not formulate a sentence today. It's like, (laughs) you have to activate, you have to put it into practice or you won't keep it. It's like Yes, I
1: totally agree. I totally agree. And that's where you kind of figured out whether or not you actually understood the concepts too. I mean, there was some of those pieces for sure. Mm -hmm. I loved that. And we also got feedback on every single thing that we did. I mean, I kind of forgot about that, but that was also extremely helpful. You would do it, but there was like tangible, you know, thoughtful feedback through the recordings. That's what I found out about Loom too. I was like, yeah. what is this thing? <laughs> like, how did I not know about this? But that was awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah. she's
0: referring to our expert coaches. We have so an good. expert coach in every single one of our disciplines who, you know, provides, like she said, customized, personalized feedback on every single case study. And that's, yeah. people love that part. Yeah. And I loved and it. And you also get to meet people who are actually doing yeah, and experts in this particular area. So- I always yes. say it's not the Natalie show. I certainly couldn't be an expert in in every single thing. I have expertise and I have experience in all of them, but I love to call on someone who has a different perspective and you know, greater in-depth experience in that particular area. And that's awesome. Yeah, I think the students love to to engage with them too. So totally, anyway, totally. I did. Thank it. you so much for being here. Yeah, I love this conversation. You. I love that it's absolutely not scripted and we can just <laughs> Chit chat and also give a really good high level understand a deep understanding actually of of what it looks like and how your career can take many paths and still tie back to operations. So thank yeah. you for coming in here. Thank you for trusting us. The yes, Sound eighteen. Yeah, we thank go through the <laughs> certification. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. I was like, wow, it's that so long ago.
1: Yeah. No, I really appreciate the time too, and you know, thank you for creating this for us so that we have a platform to learn. And help better understand who we are, what we want to do. If you don't do that, you didn't take the leap. I wouldn't have taken the leap, so I do appreciate you for that.
0: That's really kind. Thank you. Yes. Thanks so yeah, much. Yeah. Absolutely. Alrighty. You want to shout out your gem or give us anywhere to follow you? Yeah.
1: So I am coffee and barbells on Instagram. I am kind of particular about who I let follow me, but I will follow you. I'm not shy about that. And we have our CrossFit Youngsville is our CrossFit gym and I was given permission. So I work with the ecom agency here in Raleigh is ROI Revolution. They're really great for all the media support. Yeah. And again, I'm kind of all over, but I try to stay local as much as possible because I'm obsessed it. with North Carolina and I think it's the best place ever. So
0: California to Ohio mm-hmm. to New York. To London, London. to, yeah, to North Carolina. It. Yeah, so yeah, I was just
1: in California over the weekend. So yeah, I truly still, but my travel is greatly
0: diminished. So love it's it. great. Love <laughs> it. Well, thank yeah. you again for taking the time today. Thanks, Natalie. Appreciate it. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys are interested, make sure to check out com. You'll learn all about the certification and I would love to see you join us in round 23.